Okay, friends. Okay, friends. I'm going to invite you to return to your seats. We'll continue these good conversations after the service. Let's pray. Lord, it has been so good to worship you this morning, to hail King Jesus, the beautiful song for a beautiful God. We're seeing your beauty out in creation right now in the, the glistening snow. We don't always appreciate snow and cold unless we ski. That was for you, yeah. <laughs> but, but it reminds us of you your beauty and your goodness, your purity and holiness, your creativity, what you do with snowflakes and water and cold air. Suddenly we sit back and go, wow, God, you are so good. Lord, thank you that you share yourself with us. Thank you that you show us parts of yourself and your creation. Thank you that we get to, to see reflections of you in the faces of other people here in the room as we reconnect with friends and see joy. Thank you for the, the babies that we have around and the, the toddlers and the kids that just remind us of your goodness again, remind us of your creativity and your grace and your gifts. Thank you for music the way that you, you make beautiful things happen with strings and electronics and drums. It's, they, when they come together, Lord, it, it's beautiful. And it again points us to you and we lift up our, our praises to you in worship and we say, wow, God, you are so good. You're so generous. You're so kind. So much of your goodness is in creation, in sound, in beauty, in touch. Lord, thank you. We love you. We are here because we love you. We are here because we're hungry. We're here because we, we want more of you. We're here because there are aches inside of us that we know you can you can fill, you can deal with. There are longings that we have that will be satisfied only in you. And we come again this morning asking to receive from you. Lord, this morning as we open your word and you've prepared a meal, would you make us people who receive that meal well? Would you have your way through this time? Would you give us understanding and insight that come only through your spirit, not because of good education or the right words or anything like that, but because you are in the room and you are speaking, because you breathed this text and you continue to send that life out and that power through it because your spirit is here and you are working and you are highly motivated to feed your people. And Lord, we come hungry, maybe not hungry enough, but I pray that you would even increase that during this time. 
that we would open your word and find a meal ready. Find a God who is more than willing to supply all of our needs because you are abundantly good. Abundantly good. Will you also bless the kids downstairs? They're having fun, and thank you for that. But they're going to open your word too. They're going to sit in prayer. They're going to listen. They're going to worship. And I pray blessings over their time together that they would see and hear and meet Jesus. May there be transformation this morning. May there be encounter this morning, upstairs and downstairs. May there be worship that blesses you. Lord, this is not about what we want. It's not even so much about what we need. We come because of you. We come entering into your presence. We come because we recognize that there are moments where you reveal yourself in ways that perhaps we hadn't expected, hadn't looked for, hadn't even known existed. Lord, would you make us aware in those moments? Lord, may this not simply be about learning a story better. Lord, would you train and equip us to meet you, to receive from you, to respond to you, because you are the pearl of great price. You are the object of our desire. You are, you are everything. Whatever we have to lay down, can we lay it down now, Lord?
Friends, would you just join me in closing this prayer by saying, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Would you grab your Bibles, please? Go to John 6. I've been to a lot of Blue Jays games, and they do this at the Blue Jays games almost every single one of them, at least when they're playing at home. At I still call it Skydome. It's called Rogers Center now. Um, they do, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And they've got the, I lost myself. They do, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And, and they've got the cameras on people, and it's the craziest people dancing and, and gyrating. And sometimes, you know, guys are lifting their shirts and showing their muscles. And the little kids are dancing on their seats. And it's the people who painted themselves and all of that that end up getting on the screen. And the craziest person gets the Klondike bar. Um, do you know what a Klondike bar is, right? It's just a stupid little ice cream bar. People do anything for a stupid little ice cream bar. So... I'm not going to embarrass you at all, and I'm not going to ask you to do anything out of the ordinary, but does anyone like Twix? <laughs> yes? The only prerequisite is you have to come get it. Enjoy. You're welcome. What did she have to do to get that? She just had to like it and come on up, right? And if you're fasting right now, you're getting brownie points because um, <laughs> the fast isn't over yet. Enjoy. It's like you're pumping premium gas now because you have that thing right in front of you and the hunger is increasing. Trust me, brownie points with God right now. Okay. What did she have to do? She had to desire it and she had to come get it. Is that simple. But I didn't take it to her, right? I didn't open it and insert it into her mouth, right? That would have been weird. <laughs> but so often we treat God that way. We, we essentially expect almost intravenous twicks when we ask for it. And God almost always requires some sort of response for people to receive. Almost always. Look at the miracles in scripture and you will almost always see that the people had to respond to receive something. And we're gonna see that today in our, our text. So would you read with me John chapter six? We're gonna start at verse one and go to um, verse 21. After this, that's after Jesus had been talking with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd gathered, a large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. I really want to park on that, but I'm not going to. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews was near. And when he looked up and saw the large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for all of these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here 
who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Now, Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there was a great deal of grass in that place. So they sat down about 5,000 in all. And then Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and from the fragments of the barley loaves, um, the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. We have emphasized in this time going through John over and over again that Jesus is a man anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. That's Acts 10, 38. We've emphasized over and over again, Jesus' humanity, that he does what he does, not because he is second person of the Trinity, though he is, but because of the power of the Spirit on him. We've talked about that enough. I, I'm not going to emphasize that this morning. I, I want to re-emphasize actually the point that this text makes that Jesus is God himself. Okay, When he empties himself, he does not empty himself of divinity. He empties himself of the rights of divinity, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience. He lets those things go while still remaining God. How? I don't know. It's a mystery. I'm not God but this is what the text says, right? That's just Philippians 2. He emptied himself um, and, and let go of the things that were to his own advantage being God and made himself a servant, okay? So I'm not gonna reemphasize those things. What I do wanna emphasize is that this text is actually trying to point people that Jesus is not just the prophet and he's not just the king, he is God himself, and we see this, John, John shows us that by, by giving us a picture that reminds the people very much of the Exodus story. So there's a sea crossing, Passover is mentioned, the signs are mentioned, God goes up on a mountain and hungry people come to be fed. These are all the events that happened in the Exodus. And then the people misunderstand the sign. And so we didn't read the verse, but if you actually go down to verse 32, um, Jesus will correct the people who've been fed. And they're saying, well, Moses fed people in the desert. And Jesus says, no, it wasn't Moses. It was God. Take the hint, people. This is, this is not a prophet doing a really cool thing. This is God himself. Jesus, God himself is giving them a sign saying, I'm, I'm God. I'm God. The other part of that comes in the sea crossing or um, 
and the storm on the sea. Jesus walks on the water towards them and they take him into the boat and immediately they get where they're going. Now, Job 9.8 will say that God walks on the sea. But I want to I wanna show you really cool verses. It, would you go with me to Psalm 107? So remember the story. They're on the sea. There's this storm. There's trouble. Jesus comes into the boat and immediately it says they get where they were trying to go. That, that's the miracle, right? The miracle isn't just Jesus walking on the water. The, the miracle is that they get, he gets into the boat and they get where they couldn't go until Jesus got in the boat, right? That's the miracle. So look at Psalm 107 verses 28 to 30. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet and he brought them to their desired haven or destination. The text is, is pointing, this, this psalm and the, the passage in John where Jesus comes to them and takes them where they were trying to go it is a way of, uh, it, remember we talked about signs point? This sign is pointing to Jesus being God. So as, as we move through our text today, let, let's remember when we see, when, anytime you see Jesus, you're looking at God. Anytime you see Jesus, you're looking at God. Now let's go to the feeding of 5,000. God is on a mountain, right? It's Jesus, God himself. Did they have to beg him for bread? Did they even have to ask him for bread? Look at the text. Who starts the conversation? Jesus, can we, could we reflect on this in light of our own prayer lives and, and the things that we bring before God? God already knows your needs. What we see in this text is in fact God anticipating the needs of the people. He is well aware of what you and I need and he wants to meet them. He's actually motivated to meet our needs. But so often our prayer lives involve begging and groveling. Joel and I were once praying with a, a friend and he, he stopped us because we were begging. He, he stopped our prayer meeting. Do you remember this? He stopped our prayer meeting and he rebuked us and said, you are a child of the king. You don't need to beg. My kids have never needed to beg for food. But I treat God that way. God is highly, highly motivated to meet your needs. He is a good father. And if father wasn't a good image for you, then get back to scripture where father is a very good image. The best. 
So take what you wish you had, and God is even better than that. God is highly motivated to meet our needs. So please consider this as in your own prayer life. I do realize that we have, um, Jesus has, has a couple parables where the, you know, there's the unjust judge and the woman comes and every day she's pestering him to give him justice, right? I do remember that one, okay? I do remember the one about the bad neighbor, right? The guy who has to go to his bad neighbor at night and ask for bread and keep pestering him until he gets something. But the point of those was that God is better than those, right? So yes, Jesus does emphasize you can ask and ask again and keep asking. But the point of those very parables is to say that the one you are asking is better than that, that person, better than that neighbor, better than that unjust judge. Will he not much more give you because you ask, Jesus says. We need to change our assumptions as we approach God, that he is motivated, highly motivated to answer your prayers for your needs. He anticipates our needs. He anticipated the needs of these people who were coming to him, who hadn't even asked him for bread. They weren't there for bread. Frankly, they were there for healing. But he anticipates a need. Let's change our assumptions. Let's start to assume that the Lord that we are speaking to wants to meet the very need that we are asking for. And I know that what happens as I say that is we start to say, you know, but, but what about this? My needs haven't been, that prayer hasn't been answered yet. My needs haven't been met. That's why we have this text. That's why we had the Twix bar illustration. Because who gets fed? I want to show you who gets fed. Because this will change your prayer life. Hunger, need is not enough to simply receive at times. We're not making universal rules that apply to everything. These are situations, right? Jesus will tell a parable one way and they'll make a different point another way, right? So at times, it's not just the need. You still have to get into a position to receive it. The need is not simply enough. Hunger is not enough. Look at verses 10 and 11. My translation didn't bring it out well. Um, I'm not sure what you're reading. When, when it says in verse 10, Jesus tells the disciples, make the people sit down and uh, make the people sit down. And then it, it goes on to say that, um, so the people sat down, um, people sat down in verse 10, And then it says in verse 11, he distributed the loaves to those who were seated. The the Greek word here for seated, it uses two different words. It mentions it three times, like I said. It uses two different Greek words. Both of them are Greek words that are specific to sitting at a table for dinner. It's not simply tell the people to sit on their bums. It is... He uses the word to say, tell them to get ready to eat. Uh, 
is that sinking in? Like, just tell the people to get ready to eat. It's like sit up at the table. The, the word is recline because in, in those days, they had very low tables. They didn't sit at chairs. They sort of reclined on one arm and ate with the other arm. So it uses that specific, those specific Greek words for reclining at the table. And that comes out in New American Standard Version. Um, you can see it there. I'm not just making this stuff up. But it's not simply tell the people to sit. It's tell the people to get in position to receive. So often in our prayers, we tell God about our needs, but spend no time getting in a position to receive the answers to the very prayers we're asking for. The very things we are asking for. We have emphasized this a lot in the last couple of years. You have no idea how important listening is in prayer. If you simply verbalize prayers and send them off and then go about your business, that's only half of the prayer. Because the other half of the prayer is learning to recognize God's answer and continue the conversation. These people only got bread because they sat down. Because they got in a position to receive. And the text is very explicit with that. Look at verse 11. The, the food was distributed to those who were seated, to those who had reclined. It's explicit. The people who receive are the people who got into position because God still requires a, a little bit of a response. He set the table. He mult- Actually, he hadn't even multiplied the bread yet. Isn't that really interesting? I'm not going to park on that, but I want you to chew on that. He tells the people to get into a position to eat when there's not yet food. Could we incorporate that into our own prayer lives where we start to anticipate that God will answer this before um, we can see any sign that it's going to be answered? I'm not going to park any, I'm not going to emphasize that anymore, but that's, that's a fascinating point that he tells the people to get ready to eat before there's food besides, you know, five loaves. This is all about getting into position. How do we begin to position ourselves that as we ask the Lord for things, we recognize the answers he's giving so that we can receive them? How do we do that? We learn to listen. We learn to recognize his instructions. We develop sensitivity to what he wants. Do you notice in the, in the prayer this morning here, there was this really long pause. I hadn't planned that, but it was in the moment as I was praying, I sort of rec- there's this sense, this sort of recognition that the Lord needs a pause here. The Lord wants a pause here. I don't know why, so we're just going to leave it. I'm not super spiritual. Anyone, anyone can learn sensitivity and response because you, you all already do this. 
If you have a friend, you learn what your friend likes and doesn't like. If you're married, you understand even the nonverbals between spouses. You don't have to be married to understand nonverbals. It just that relationship, it, it goes deeper, right? But you, you learn the cues from other people. The more that you learn that person, the more that you spend time with them. Anyone, anyone can learn to hear. Anyone can learn to be sensitive to the Lord. There's not a person in this room who cannot do that. No one is exempt. No one is an exception. God will do that for you too. He will. I'm watching him do it among some of you. He, he will continue to do that, okay? How do we learn to get into position? We learn to listen. We learn to be sensitive to him. And we will, we will posture ourselves before the Lord saying, I am ready to receive. So that means we're anticipating that there's going to be an answer and we're gonna wait for the Lord for it. Lord, help me to, help me to recognize the answer to this, this prayer request that I have. How do I go about that? And then watch what he says, watch what he does. Our church is in a season of fasting. If you haven't started, start. And then you can be part of that. We're fasting Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And right now what we're doing is we're asking the Lord, we're, we're focusing on this 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name I'm not coming to heal their land if they don't come grab the Twix bar, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I'm highly motivated to heal their land. Please do this. Please get into the position, my dear beloved people, God says, where I can do for you what I so desperately want to. But it's about getting into position, which means that sometimes things need to be cleared out of the way. Fasting is one of the things that identifies what needs to be cleared out of the way. Sometimes it's confession. Sometimes it's simply dropping something out of our lives and it increases sensitivity. You want, you want more of God's voice? Fast. You, you want to know what's blocking um, Blocking the answer, well, fasting wouldn't hurt. Um, how do we get into position? I'd encourage you to fast. How do you get into position? What are you, well, what are you asking for? Are you asking? I, I've told this story many times, but um, when I was at my most desperate point a couple of years ago, and I was asking the Lord, God, I can't do this. I need more of your spirit. I, I just, this sense, it was the impression of, of words. If you want the spirit, go where the spirit is. It was there and gone, just like that. And it wasn't words. And I, it sounds more concrete every time I tell that story. I, have, I, I don't know how to tell you how doubtable that was. It wasn't even words in my ears. It was just the impression. Well, if you want, go. There and gone. What confirmed for me that I had heard it correctly was when I went. When I went to that prayer meeting, 
And the very things I've been asking for and the very scriptures I've been quoting to God saying, I'm going to need more of you here, pony up. But then the guy then opened the prayer meeting by reading those very scriptures. But until that happened, until that happened, that, that sense of if you want the spirit, go where the spirit is, was so faint, so dull, so minute. You want other synonyms? It was, it was petite. It was, it was doubtable. It was, it. So I, and I say that so that you recognize that if you're, if you're saying I'm not hearing God, it's, it's probably because you're not um, willing to recognize things that are smaller and take a risk and go. Some of you are asking for spiritual gifts. Are you expecting God just to drop them? Or are you spending time with people who are operating those gifts and stewarding them? Have you asked them to mentor you, to pray over you, to lay hands over you? That's a completely biblical thing to do. God gives gifts, spiritual gifts through other people. Fan into flame the gift that was given you through the laying on of hands. You want more of God? Go to the places where there is more of God. And then steward that moment well. I'd like to give you a moment to listen. To pause and to say, Lord, how do I need to respond to this? What is it? Maybe he's identifying that there's something that you need to do, something you need to let go of, something you need to fast. Park with him on that. For some of you, it's, I need to, I need to take up this practice. Lord, talk to me about it. Others, it's going to be, I've had this need. Could you talk to me about how I can get in position to receive? So we're going to take a moment. We're going to listen, and then I'll come back. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. God is, God is highly, highly motivated to meet our needs. God is highly, highly motivated to come to unity in greater power with a greater sense of his presence, with greater spiritual activity. But there's a readiness and a preparation that's needed. I've never told this story before. Um, I think only Joel knows it. Joel and my wife. Um, okay. Back in maybe July or August of last year, um, I met Jesus in a dream. And I mean that very literally. Um, if you're not sure that's a thing, go look at Matthew um, 
chapter one or two, where Joseph meets an angel in a dream and the angel warns him, gives him a message that you can meet people in dreams. God can do that. And I met Jesus in a dream. And I'm, I don't mean I had a dream about Jesus. I mean, I met Jesus. And um, it's really hard to describe. Just we're sitting at a table across from Jesus and you're sitting across from someone who is, who is whole in a way that I am not whole. I don't know how else to describe it. He was right and, and good and whole in a way that I am not. And I, he just smiled at me, didn't say a thing. And I wept at his goodness. You think goodness is just fluffy and fun until you sit in front of absolute goodness. And I'm not saying I sat in front of absolute goodness. I, I got a, like a, God lifted like the corner of the veil right? Like that's it. But I sat there and wept at his goodness. And I wept at my sinfulness. And I can't even explain to you the war and the tearing sensation that went on inside me as there was goodness sitting next to sin and absolute joy and delight next to absolute fear and terror and the war and the, the tearing apart of myself in that moment. And then it was over. And I share that story to tell you that when we ask for more of the Lord, you are asking for absolute goodness and absolute holiness to come into your life at levels we can't even imagine. And if you think you're ready for that, I hope you're ready. God has different ways of revealing himself. And if he comes and reveals his holiness and his goodness, people might well run out the door in terror because that's part of the God that we serve. So as we ask for more of the Lord, that's why we have emphasized holiness and preparation and fasting and poverty of spirit over and over again, because some of us have, have just caught a glimpse of it. And it's terrifying and it's amazing. And I don't know how to hold those two things together, which was why I was being torn apart. So I ask you, as we as a church fast and ask for more of the Lord, 
But we have to ask for more of the Lord while asking that we be emptied ourselves because we don't want to show up. I don't want that experience again. And I do. I don't know how to hold that together again. But God is more than motivated to come to his people. He is more than motivated to spend time with his people, to pour out his spirit. He said to ask for it. He is more than motivated for that. But the preparation for the increase is incredibly important so that we receive well. So please, friends, ask for more of the Lord, but ask that he identify everything in us that gets in the way so that we can receive well. I want to receive well. Let's pray. Lord, would you identify the things in me, the things in each of us that need to be identified so that we get into the position to receive from you. because I know that you're coming. I know that you're here, but I know that you are going to lift the veil more. So Lord, would you, would you guide us that we might get into position to receive? Would you guide us that we might get into position to to welcome you, to foster what you're doing, to steward it. Lord, I thank you for how good you are. I worship you. Lord, I I pray that you would make us a people that would humble ourselves before you. That we wouldn't be consumed by goodness. Lord, I want to get into position to receive. Would you grow each one of us in hearing you? in recognizing your voice would you would you put us into the among in into the the people and the places among those who are are, are stewarding what you're doing are are fostering what we want are 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 modeling for us a life of pursuit and self-emptying 
Lord, would you show us how to move forward that we might be people that you empty to fill. I bless you, Lord. We continue in worship here because you are awesome and you are good. I pray that even in the moments ahead, still in this service, that you would show us where we can receive more from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue in worship. Uh, If you want more, please come forward. I'd be happy to pray for you. Talk to God about what your next steps are. Um, how to position yourself. If there's, if he's saying to you, you need to go for more, you got an opportunity. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Have a great week.